Amen and amen. I'm so grateful that you are here today joining us on this special day, this Father's Day. Aren't you grateful to be in God's presence with God's people? I'm believing God for great things today as we are mobilized to fulfill God's vision and purpose for our life. Amen. You know, being a good father, well, it's a whole lot harder than it seems. It's infinitely harder than I thought it was before I became a father. I mean, everything seemed so easy when I was younger. I thought I had all the answers. It's more than just being there when your child is born, right? Being a good father means spending time with your son. It means spending time with your daughter. It's providing them with the foundation that they need to become all that God has called them to be. It's giving the best part of yourself to your child today. It means showing them God's love, showing individuals God's grace. Being an earthly father means we should point them to our heavenly father. Amen. Father's Day is a wonderful time to celebrate our fabulous dads. I realize it can be tough for a number of reasons. I mean, I get that. For some of us, we've lost our dad. And so it's really hard to face this particular day this particular holiday during this time. Some of us in this room, some of us online, well, we've not had a great relationship with our earthly father. And so every time we think about it, it causes us much pain. I want you to know today that you have a heavenly father whose love is far greater than your pain. And I pray that today we can elevate our gaze toward the Lord, to trust in him today, trust in Jesus Christ, for he really is our example. And in doing so, we can truly know that this is what it means to love well. This is what it means to be a faithful father. And so whether you're a dad or not, whether you're a man, a woman, boy or girl today. We are called to live lives with passion. We're called to live life with purpose. We're called to live with encouragement today, to be filled with courage, to have a determination within us today. We're called to run life's race and we're called to finish strong. I've never met anyone who said, I don't want my life to count for anything. I don't want my life to matter at all. Now, I have met countless individuals who thought that their lives could not amount to anything. But today, I believe within our heart of hearts, all of us desire to leave a lasting legacy behind. We all want to know that we have made a difference during our time here on earth. If you've ever read Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective Leaders. He speaks about beginning with the end in mind, which means that if we desire to see results occur, achieve our end goal, what we must do is focus on that end goal and then plan everything else around that goal. Now, before I am misunderstood, I mean, it's not like we can plan life out. It's not like life comes at us and it's always perfect, right? We don't, get, we, we, we don't get to choose. Life happens. But we can determine what is most important in our life and then do our very best to live in a way that pursues those things. 
in 2 Timothy chapter 4. We get a glimpse into the heart of a man whose journey is nearing its end. He's a spiritual giant. A man who accomplished more for advancing the cause of Christianity than any other believer in the entirety of the New Testament. He reflects on his life and ministry in a way that really does help us today. It allows us to see how we can live well. In fewer than 100 words, the Apostle Paul shares with us the hardship of his present, the heartbeat of his past, and the hope he holds for the future. In this brief passage, Paul reflects on his life and ministry with the finish line in sight. Paul sums up his dynamic life and his hope for the future. And so the lessons we learn from this aging apostle enables us to run well today. And it encourages us to finish strong tomorrow. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6, it reads this way. For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Amen. And so we're going to talk about that here on this special day. Run well and finish strong. Amen. Run well and finish strong. Paul's words were shortened, were to the point where it occurred in this time. I mean, he's about to be martyred. This particular conversation, it's shortened. His life is shortened. It's happening around 66 CE. Common heirs, 30 years he's been traveling, he's been witnessing, he's been working, he's been preaching all throughout the Mediterranean world. Mediterranean world. He's been helping people. He's been hated by many. He's assisted people. He's been attacked. He's blessed and cursed. Whatever else can be said of his life of faith, well, it wasn't dull, right? It's in this passage he speaks to how he's given his life in every way to the cause of Christ. He, in fact, has lived a life as a living sacrifice with the goal of being acceptable to the Lord. And now his departure is close. The end of his days on earth, it is near. The time when he's face to face with the one he has served all these years is close at hand. Of course, nothing from his past can be undone. And though Paul is confident of his eternal hope in Christ Jesus, I am sure there are many things he wished he could have changed. But his eyes, they're fixed upon his reward. His troubles will all soon be over. What jumps out at me is just how absolutely important it is to choose the right finish line. It's important to choose the right finish line today. Ron Bailey made the sports headlines in 2005 when he became the first amateur American to enter the Dakar Rally. This is one of the most longest and dangerous off-world races in the world. And so at 54, Bailey 
talked his way into the race. He spent $300,000 for his custom-built car, and he lined up with 1,400 other competitors to travel along and compete in this 7,000-mile race. Some of the obstacles, well, there were sandstorms in the Sahara Desert. There was civil rest, strife, bandits, and landmines. In 2005, only half of those who entered the race actually finished. Five people died, including two professional racers. And so he trained very hard for the race. Even though that occurred, Bailey and his co-driver, well, they immediately ran into a sandstorm. And shortly thereafter, they ran out of gas. For five days, they lived on one day's worth of water and a single sack lunch. Finally, someone arrived with some gas, and Bailey was on his way again. With a missed checkpoint, however, he was disqualified from the race, but he finished the course anyhow. By the end of his experience, Bailey wasn't talking so much about the finish line he'd missed as the finish line he misinterpreted. He said this, I know that the car is not a race. In fact, what it is, it is a test of a man's character. If you're racing toward the car, a 7,000-mile endurance test, losing focus on the correct finish line could cost you your life. In the same way today, losing focus on the finish line of our life's purpose today can be fatal for our spiritual health. What is my life's purpose? Why am I here on this earth? These are all questions that we must wrestle with. We must count the cost and determine if we've chosen, if we've chosen the right and proper finish line? Have we placed our faith in something other than Jesus Christ today? My hope must be built on nothing less than Jesus Christ, our righteousness. Amen. I want to tell you today, your finish line, it's not being perfect. Leaving the right legacy is not about doing everything right, but it's keeping our eyes on God's high calling and asking the Lord to see us through. Amen. It's about leading our families and our communities, leading others with honor and respect, living in a way that shows them how much God loves them. It's helping others to choose the right finish line for their life as well. As Paul reflects on his journey, he thinks back to over the 30-some-odd years of serving and leading. He uses several sports analogies to describe the way he's tried to live his life. He says, I have fought the good fight. This phrase carries really a much broader meaning than we commonly associate with a fight or some sort of a boxing match. The term is actually where we get the English word agony. It pictures an athlete coming off the field, leaving every ounce, every ounce of effort within him on that field out there. Paul is saying he's truly poured out all he had and he's given God his very best. 
I have run the race. Having given his best, Paul now sees himself as crossing the finish line. You know, it's so much easier just to begin a race, right? To run a hard for a few miles and then quit. It's much harder to finish a long distance race and harder still to finish strong. But each one of us is called to stay in the race. My brothers, my sisters today, you are called to stay in the race. If we're going to run well and finish strong, we've got to understand what running looks like. It's not a sprint, but rather a long distance marathon. This is something we must train for and we must maintain focus upon. We must not give up when it feels easier to throw in the towel. That's the time to fix your eyes upon the prize. Now, when parenting gets hard, that's the time to keep on loving, right? Keep setting good boundaries and directing, redirecting, asking God to help and make up the difference. Years before Paul was new to this Christian faith, this Christian journey, he, he stated his purpose in John 20 and 24. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Thirty years later in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul looks back and he's able to say, I have run the race to the finish. That's when the apostle concludes his look back on his life by stating, I have kept the faith. If we understand this statement in the context of perhaps ancient Olympic games, Paul is telling us that he has run the race according to the rules. History reveals that the great and early Greek and Roman athletes, that they would take this solemn oath before the games. They pledge they would compete honestly and that they would compete honorably. Here is Paul at the end of the race affirming that his vows have been kept. He stayed true to his commitment to God and trusted the Lord to see him through. We know that when times get tough, there's this tendency to want to run away, to seek an easier path to give up. Or if we keep running, not to fully keep the faith, right? Just find our own way. Try to survive on our own. There's this phenomenon you've probably heard about. It's called fight or flight. That in times of extreme stress, our bodies will receive a huge surge of adrenaline. And then we will use that adrenaline to either fight back or run away. Today, I am calling us to keep on fighting, to keep on believing. Fight the good fight. Fight according to God's plan. I encourage us all, we must keep the faith. Amen. We must keep the faith. Because when we keep the faith, we are leaving a lasting legacy. When we keep our eyes on the right finish line, we're laying up treasure in heaven. When we keep running and keep fighting, we are bringing God 
glory. We are creating a path so that others might follow us toward the throne of grace. Paul has run well throughout this long and lonely demanding race. He's kept his commitment to Jesus Christ utmost in his heart and mind. And now he's finishing strong. He knows there's something waiting for him that no one is able to take away. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and 8, finally, he says, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. In ancient Olympic games, the victor was crowned with the coveted laurel reef of oak leaves. To wear such a crown was the greatest honor that could come to any athlete. But this crown in a few short days would wither and begin to dry up. Paul knows there's a crown that will never fade. This crown of righteousness is God's reward to those who are faithful, those who are obedient and following after Jesus Christ. This is Paul's hope and joy as his life nears its end. He has the joy of knowing that the path to this hope, that it will outlive him. He shares this with Timothy, his son in the gospel. This crown is not only for Paul, but there's a crown for Timothy and to all who live and follow after Jesus Christ. Third John 4 and 4 echoes this statement. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. If we want to run well and finish strong, we must take others with us. We must take others with us. It's a very simple truth. We are called to invest toward eternity. Invest in the things that count for the kingdom of God and that will impact others for eternity. It's about leading our church to leave a legacy of hope in our community, in our world today. But this requires sacrifice. It's time for us to live the legacy of faith and make disciples. And so as we bring this message to a close, when you pass from this life to the next life, what will you be remembered for? Are you currently living a life committed to eternal goals? Or are you only running the race for the here and for the now? Or does your investment extend into eternity as well. What kind of impact are you making? Are you leaving behind a legacy for self or are you leaving a legacy for Jesus Christ? Have you fully surrendered your life to the Lord today? We're going to pray here in just a moment, but before we do, I'd like for us to consider how do we respond 
to what God is calling us to do today. So right where you are, would you just close your eyes and focus on hearing God's voice? If you've never asked Jesus Christ to be Lord in your life, if you have never asked the Lord to forgive you of your sins, if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost as evidence with speaking in tongues, today is your day for surrender and for transformation. Today is your day for a fresh start. Amen. Today is your moment to enter into covenant relationship with Jesus Christ and allow the Lord to be master and Lord in your life. Amen. If you need to make that commitment, today is your moment. Today is your hour to step into that and say, God, here I am. I will surrender my all to you. I surrender everything is completely on the altar and I turn it over to you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Maybe you live for God for some time. And right now you just don't feel very strong. For some reason, maybe you have lost your first love. Maybe you're struggling with something. Something you've been carrying around for a very long time. My brother, my sister, today is your moment for a fresh start in Jesus. Today is your hour. Today is your moment to consider that the everything in this world will one day pass away. All things will grow and become weary and turn to dust, will fade away. The luster will fade, but anything that is eternal will be long lasting. Therefore, I urge you, I encourage you, I implore you to fight the good fight today. Allow God to be the one that guides you and directs you and is the center of your life. Amen. Right where we are, can we begin to pray and begin to ask the Lord to be Lord, in our life and be the center of all things right now. Let's all pray in the name of Jesus. God, you are able to do all things. We place our faith in you, our trust in you. Do what only you can do, God. Let us have the same words as Paul today. We desire to fight the good fight. Amen. We desire to lay hold to the eternal things today. Amen. I pray that there's nothing that's obscuring our view of you, Lord. We place you at the center of it all. We give you our all. We surrender our everything to you. Lord, we desire for you to be Lord in our life. Transform us now from the inside out. Make us yours, we pray. We surrender it all over to you. We give you glory and honor for what you're about to do. Encourage us, guide us, direct us, lead us today. Fill us with hope. Fill us, God, today with your peace and with your strength. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I believe the Lord has heard your prayer here today, and I believe he's able to meet you right where you are. And God's going to help you run well and finish strong. Amen. He's going to help you run well and finish strong. He desires for all of us to leave a lasting legacy so that others will be able to follow Follow us to the throne room of God. Amen. I believe God's going to minister and God is going to do the work right now. Amen. If you have given your life to Jesus Christ today, would you reach out to us? Amen. God is just getting started in your life. I believe he's going to do amazing things in your situations. Would you go to our website, fill out a contact card. Let us know how we can support you in the coming days. Amen. God wants to do a great work in your life. If you need to be in a Bible study, 
if you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, if you need someone to come and pray with you so that you too will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, today is your hour, today is your moment. Can we right now where we are consecrate to God, let God be God in our life and see what He will do in the name of Jesus. Let's worship Him right now in praise and let's give our hearts to Him and thank Him for His goodness. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen.